Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome in to Purple After Dark, brought to you by our friends at Surly Brewing and, of course, TCL TVs. If you're not watching your sports and football in particular on a TCL TV, you're not doing it right. And if you're not sitting there with a Surly can in your hand, particularly a Furious, you also need to get one. It is Purple After Dark, Zolgad, executive producer Declan Goff. Mackie is off tonight, and the star of this show, as always, on Tuesday nights, the man whose voice you come to hear, Realistic Don't do Randy. That. Don't do Realistic that. Randy. <laughs> and here, wait, wait, man. This is why I'm so excited for this particular show, because you are a passionate Vikings fan. You are a, and have been for a long time, yet. Because you're so passionate, and because your name is realistic, Randy, I know we're going to get we're going to get the straight rant from you off the top. How are you? How are you feeling? Because fooling you, you will not get fooled by the purple. How are you feeling after what we all saw on Sunday? They beat the Chargers, Randy. They might be back. They might. Who knows what's going to ha- to happen now? Your turn. The realistic Randy rant. I am looking forward to it. Go. Well, it was an impressive win. It definitely was. But it's interesting because not this year, but I would say the previous two to three years, Kansas City, their offense was basically number one in the league. High octane. Oh, my God. They're unstoppable. And I've always said, man, that could be the Vikings, regardless whether it's Jefferson or Diggs plus Thielen, that could be the Vikings. It could have been the Vikings then. It could definitely be the Vikings right now. Exhibit A, Sunday's game, 27 points, 36 minutes time of possession, nearly 100 yards for Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. They combined for over 200 yards. Justin Jefferson is unguardable. At this point, I've always kind of teetered with this take or this thought, but I'm just going to downright say it. Justin Jefferson is better than Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, as great as he is as a wide receiver, I've always said, man, this dude, he consistently makes the tough contested catches. And Justin Jefferson, he does the same as well, but he does it at a wider range. If you're a quarterback, you have way more room for error throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. You need to treat this guy. I'm not saying that he is this player, but you need to treat him like he's Megatron, like he's Randy Moss. I mean, hell, the L.A. Rams, they do it with Cooper Cup. Right now, he's leading the league in average targets per game. Tyreek Hill, he's number two. Devontae Adams, he's number three. Justin Jefferson right now is 15th, 15th on that list. You need to treat this man like the bona fide number one receiver that he is. It was an impressive win. Eric Kendricks, fantastic. The the play, the interception that he made, it's it's wild how before Eric Kendricks, I would have said the best linebacker that I've ever seen wear a Vikings uniform was EJ Henderson. Oh my God, that dude was a beast. But Eric Kendricks, The fact that he's basically an additional member of your secondary, he has no business being able to move the way that he does. 19 yards down the field, running with Keenan Allen and stretching, leaping his body to rip the ball away from him. I hope people understand how much talent 
that takes. It's incredible. It was an impressive win. Now, to your point, I'm not I'm not shaking my ass for this team and say, oh, we're back and the Vikings, we're ready to roll, baby. I need to see more consistency. Now, if you can beat Green Bay next week mm-hmm. where Matt LaFleur so far owns Mike Zimmer 3-1, to one, then all right, I'll be listening then. But it was an impressive win. We'll see what happens moving forward. Randy, if if they play the way they did against the Chargers, is it safe to say that they can still beat Green Bay? I mean, the Packers do have a good defense. Even with them having a, a slow start last week against Seattle and Aaron Rodgers being back, clearly that Packers defense is actually pretty damn good. Can they replicate that success again on offense, get those targets to Jefferson and Thielen, and still come out with the same type of outcome? Can you still get that same kind of victory against the Packers? I think it's possible, but... It's all about, like Al Pacino said in any given Sunday, the game of football is a game of inches, right? Yeah. So it was, it was a very good coaching job by Mike Zimmer. Not great. And the reason being, the two-minute drill, where after you called the timeout when the Chargers last had the ball, you basically were just – you should have just punted the ball on first down. And then the final possession, everything we remember, or the main thing we remember from Sunday – was the Justin Jefferson third and six, that 27-yard catch, right? The acrobatic spin move he did towards the sidelines. The play before that, gentlemen, second and 17, the Vikings went typical Vikings. They ran a draw play with Dalvin Cook, right? So against a team like the Packers, where their defense is getting better and better, I'm not so sure that's going to work. Now, they got 11 yards off of that play, because Dalvin Cook broke like forty-eight tackles, the Chargers they couldn't tackle anybody. They're, but that was that was essentially so them saying, "Oh yeah, let's just go back to what we've been doing: conservative offense, uh, run, run, pass, defense, defense, defense." They ran a draw play. They got eleven yards out of it, and then they said, "Okay, third and six, Justin Jefferson. If you stay aggressive from start to finish, yes, they can win that game." What we saw on Sunday. That is all the makeup of what the possible identity of this team can be. But if they make those same mistakes, the two-minute drill, and then when it comes down to the wire, even when you're in a lead, a seven-point lead, to where you say, okay, second and long, woo, okay. Any other team, let's take a mid-range intermediate route to get closer. But if you want to do a draw play or run the ball, that, that I don't think against a team like Green Bay, that's not going to work. But they'll keep it close. Here's why I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical because, one, we're nine games in, ten weeks in, correct? Yes. And on Sunday, to your point, we finally saw an offensive performance that it wasn't like it was, oh, my God, where did this come from? It was, where has this been? And, and, you know, Zim was trying to sort of take bows. I told Justin Jefferson, you got to do some things for me and then we'll get you the ball. What are you talking about, dude? He's great. Like, just get him the ball. Kirk was suddenly empowered, which when Kirk is, Kirk can make some really good throws. Uh, Where I remain skeptical is, one, I'd like to know where that came from. Like, because I'm not buying that Zim found found God offensively and just said, let's go, boys. Let's be a high-flying act. And two, I don't have faith that it's going to continue. It should continue. Like, this team should have, and I've been, I've, I've said this for weeks. This team should embrace offense. Like, this team should say, we need our defense not to suck. But what we really need is for our offense to, to allow them to cut loose. Um, so I think what we saw against the Chargers is a great starting point, but because it took so long to get there, I don't have I don't have the faith it's going to continue. As dumb as that sounds, because common sense now says, okay, at least you finally found the template, right? Like at least it's finally there. But this team does so many things that don't make sense, and there's so many stubborn people. Until I actually see it for a series of games, I'm talking four or five consecutive games. My whole thing is, you uh, to, to go back to your point, second and 17, you're going to run more oh draws, God. right? Third, third, third and 20. Randy, what did you expect? Because I sure as hell didn't expect an 18-yard pass to Thielen. I expected a run. No, that was a great pass. And to your point about empowering Kirk Cousins, if you know that's who he is, then you should 
basically hold his hand. It's not he's not going to change who he is. That's who he is. I would like to see him have the power to audible at the line of scrimmage, even if it's I don't think I've ever seen one time in the what, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is his fourth year with the Vikings. I don't think I've seen one time Kirk Cousins stand up and go, hey, kill, 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 kill. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's This is the play that we're running, yes. and that's what's going to happen. But what I will say is, you're right. I need to see more. I need to see three or four games to where I'm saying, okay, you're fully bought in if you're Mike Zimmer because the one thing about him at the NFL, it's a week-to-week league. It especially is the case for the Vikings because when Zimmer's back is against the wall, all of a sudden, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. And then when they do win, they get comfortable. They they feel, and rightfully so. You got that win. You got the credit. Hey, Mike Zimmer, you did your thing. But then, hey, we got the win. Everyone's singing our praises right now. All right, let's go back to doing what we do best. Just right. Vikings football. Run, run, pass, defense, defense, defense. That, why don't you just do, why did it take? Yep. I mean, okay, we can talk about Stefan Diggs. That's what the last three years we should have done that. But with Justin Jefferson, why are we a year and a half into this to where now all of a sudden the idea that you target Jefferson as one of the top receivers in the league and it produces good results? Oh my God, who could have ever saw that coming? Like, how did it take that long? But listen, I want to see more consistency. If you continue it into this game and if you beat Green Bay that way, Yep. Then, all right, you're saying something. Randy, I think uh, after the Chargers game, it was 18 total targets for Jefferson and Thielen. And Jefferson had like 11 of them. Um, Thielen had, had 7. Oh, yeah, Jefferson had 11. Thielen had, had 7. I feel like 18, and I don't know if like, we all three of us just need to speak this into existence. That should be the floor, 18 targets for both those dudes. Now, would I like Jefferson to get the bulk of that 18, him getting 11, 12 over Thielen's? Of course, but I think after watching those two dudes getting ignored, essentially, against the Ravens and the Cowboys, 18 targets. If, if Clint Kubiak is watching this, figure out ways to get the ball to those guys at least targeting them 18 times a game. That should be the bare minimum expectation for what those guys need to get the ball every game. You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of growing up when I was watching the Arizona Cardinals with Kurt Warner, I believe he was the quarterback. And I think even before that, I think maybe Josh McCown. But anyway, Kurt Warner with Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden. Those two receivers, oh, my God, they just took flight on everybody that they played. You should do the same thing with these guys. But it's up until last week, we've essentially treated these two receivers like they're Bernard Berrien and (laughs) Troy Williamson. Michael Jenkins. Yeah, just (laughs) once in a while, okay, we'll take a deep shot and we'll see what happens. But besides that, we're going to run the ball, damn it. That's exactly what we should do. And if Mike Zimmer is all in on that, then, hey, that's it took you long enough. You're late to the party, but better late than never. But that's saying something. This team could be they could be one of the most unstoppable forces in the league. And that's what's been so frustrating, because what we saw on Sunday could absolutely be the norm. On Jefferson, you you brought up what could be considered a hot take, but I don't think it particularly is. In in fact, I agree completely. Um, Stefan Diggs was damn good. Fifth round yeah. pick, he is damn good. He had turned himself into a really good player, taking nothing away from Diggs. I do believe this. Justin Jefferson is the best Vikings receiver when it comes to God-given gifts, like to play that position and to use your term, be uncoverable since Moss. Um, I really yeah. believe that he he might not be Moss. I mean, Moss was so spe- special and changed, changed the game itself. He's so I'm not saying he's Moss. But if there's anybody who I would say, oh, boy, that comes close. Like Stefan Diggs ran routes incredibly precisely, had great yep. hands. And, and there are flat out now a lot of guys that can go up and make plays that, that 15 years back guys couldn't make. Um, Diggs is in that. Yes. But Randy, let's go back to what we saw when when Kirk, who can make those throws, when Kirk Cousins was allowed to make what are probably uh, by PFF considered to be semi, if not high risk throws. And Justin Jefferson had to make the play. And in fact, he did like he made two or three grabs where I was just my mouth was agape. I was like, oh, my God, that is incredible. And that's what we're talking about when when we say 
Um, you, you have to one, empower Kirk because that's important, but two, you have to have a faith in Justin Jefferson that extends well beyond, well, you know, Diggs could make that play or Thielen could, Uh uh-uh, this is another level and not to utilize that is really a shame. And it felt like on Sunday that somebody got to Mike and said, we got to do this. And Jefferson's like, Hell yeah, I can make that catch every Sunday and twice on Tuesdays. It's because he's that damn good. The energy is infectious. After that, I forget which catch he made where he basically did the bicep curls afterwards, just and the helmet fell off after that. He powered through like three guys. Dude, he is, you have to treat him like he's Megatron. The fact that Stefan Diggs, the way that he broke on his routes, he could always get that separation and he could always make those tough grabs. Yep. But Justin Jefferson, a dude could be right there on him. And somehow, some way, it's to the point now where if you're a defensive back, you have to pray that he doesn't make the catch. And if you're a Vikings fan, you're shocked if he doesn't come down with it. It's literally, I'm with you. It's right. It's it's not Randy Moss level, but man, if there's anyone close, it's Justin Jefferson. You need to use this guy because other than that, if you go back to the way, oh, we won that game. All right, we're good now. Everyone loves us again. And we go back to, okay, we're going to force feed to CJ Ham as our number one receiver. And if you end up losing the game, if you end up winning the game, then if your player complains, then, okay, dude, like, you know, you got to sacrifice some plays. But if you do that, if you target other players and don't treat him like the number one receiver that he is and you end up losing, then you're going to end up driving another star receiver away. This this guy is Ooh. different, man. He's absolutely different. And I love it. And I, I got to bring this up again. This is the most wrong that I've ever been in my life when talking about the Vikings. I don't go on social media that much, but... On my Twitter page, I think my pinned tweet is me uh, calling myself out in which draft night when the Vikings took Jefferson, I said, oh, God, are you kidding me? What, really? I would have rather had Jerry Judy or something. Not that he was available at the time. I thought Jerry Judy was the best receiver in the draft. I compared Justin Jefferson to Muhammad Sanu. He's going to be a solid wide receiver, too. Oh, my God, you traded away Stephon Diggs for a solid wide receiver, too. That's the most wrong that I've ever been. I'm so glad that I've been wrong. But this guy, he is literally, I don't even think this is a hot take. He is a top five receiver in yeah. the league, 100%, maybe even top three. He's top five for sure. I, yeah. I've I've said that. He is top five talent. He is yeah. top five talent. Like, he does things. He He takes it. So, like, there's a lot of now, a lot of guys at that position that are gifted they're damn good like they make incredible catches um you know again 15 years back you didn't make the catches that a lot of guys do now that's dicks he's in that group and that's great i think as far as the talent goes where I, i mean you put it perfectly when justin jefferson goes up against a defender to get the ball you are legitimately surprised when he doesn't yeah that's not normal like that's not normal and that's where the whole thing, though, about somebody finally got to Kirk as well and said, just make the throw. It's going to be cool. Make the throw. And he did. And I'll give you a play. And I, I think this uh, this goes back to the play that you were talking about where Justin caught the ball and powered through a couple of guys. Um, I think it's that, that play. And somebody put this clip on Twitter yesterday, and it's a great point. On that play in particular, um, <clears throat> Kirk has pressure coming. Like, so he's under pressure instead of panicking. And Dalvin Cook is to his right, probably three yards, short game, check down. And he's right there. Kirk, instead of instead of dropping back and looking at Cook, which is what he likes to do, or or is told to, I, I still don't know what's what exactly. Kirk looks, Kirk doesn't look at Cook. Kirk steps up in the pocket. Hallelujah, right? He stepped up in the pocket. He then makes a throw. Justin Jefferson's, Justin Jefferson's covered by two guys. Kirk makes a throw into a tight window, a really tough throw, but Jefferson can catch the ball, and he does, first down. And it's a small play, but every element of that play screamed, something's changed here. And that's my question of, do they stick with that? But if they do, 
that play itself was everything hitting on the cylinders on which one, it didn't hit a lot in the first not, uh, first uh, eight games and first nine weeks. And second of all, that's the play that everybody on this team, Jefferson, Cousins, everybody has the ability to make. And it's such a huge play because Cook's right there. And the temptation had to be there to be like, hey, go get five yards, dude. That's great. No. Tight window, great throw, great catch. And Jefferson's strong, too, so he powers through guys. That is a difference-making play that if that's now the norm, again, if it's the norm, changes dynamics across the board for what this team can do offensively. And here's the thing. On third and six, that outside play towards the sidelines that he made that L.A. decided to challenge for what reason? I don't know. I guess they were throwing their hat in the ringer, so to speak. I don't get it. I agree. That play in real time, I said this. I said, you got to go to Jefferson. You have to. You have to. And they did. It's to the point now. He's one of those guys, one of those rare guys in the league, in the history of the league, I would say, that we all know, the fans know, the defense knows they're going to this guy and you can still do nothing about it. And then if you go all in on trying to stop this guy, even trying to triple team this guy, if you will, oh, guess what? They also have Adam Thielen. They also have Dalvin Cook. My God, if Irv Smith Jr. was still on this team, if he was still healthy enough to play, if they play the way that they did for the most part on Sunday – I mean, starting from the beginning of this season, this is a top three seed in the NFC. Easy. Two, uh, what's what's so funny, too, uh, Randy, is it, all those third downs that they targeted Jefferson, I think they targeted him five times, and four out of those five times resulted in first downs, or there's a PI, too, which, again, I think is very underrated. When you have someone like Jefferson, he's gonna he, someone's going to be drawn on his jersey. That's going to draw a flag. And earlier this season, and this was this is like the – conundrum to a degree but it seemed like Kirk was always looking at 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 Osborne as his third down target right kind of like that old Jarius right role of old reliable yeah. it's third and six I need a first down I'll find it over the middle of the field and 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 luckily KJ Osborne has developed in that really really solid wide receiver three for the Vikings and that's great but there was also I I saw plays numerous times against the Chargers where he had Osborne on third and long mm-hmm. in single coverage or deep down the field and Kirk didn't want to take the shot and it seemed like Osborne was a forgotten uh, person in that in that win against the Chargers. Now it was to the benefit because Jefferson balls out; he gets eleven targets, so you really can't be too nitpicky. Of well, he's wide receiver three, and even though he's having a nice season, but those are also chances where Kirk has to take kill shots. So like if if KJ, if you're going to ignore KJ Osborne because you have to put clamps down on Thielen and Jefferson, Kirk, take the shot on third and eight. It's okay to do so, and I want him to do that more. I will say pre-snap all the complaints I have with this team is definitely with the coaching staff once the ball is snapped it's definitely on Kurt to make those decisions what I will say though is okay KJ Osborne he took a back seat but if you can build this dude Justin Jefferson throughout the game every catch you can tell he just goes super saiyan on these dudes then it eventually opens opens things up for a guy like KJ Osborne Spread the ball around because you don't want to get you don't want to get so predictable to where okay we know you're going to this guy we're going to shade half the defense over to Justin Jefferson's side to where okay it's going to be a pick but man you got to feed this dude early I like it got the Vikings a win so okay but to your point for those receivers that are open hell the two touchdowns that Kirk Cousins got was to Tyler Conklin. Mm-hmm. So he was actually spreading the ball around, mm-hmm. but you got to make sure you're not forgetting your guy, KJ Osborne as well. So I'm go- going to, to tell you both of you too, why I think Sunday was a preview w- was a hint of what's to come. And the most important thing is going to be a coaching change. But before I do that, I, I want to talk about my friends at Livia weight control centers. Cause six, six weeks back, 240 pounds. I was a little bit big, a little bit too big. Pants didn't fit well. Jowly, jowly. Six weeks hence, 217 pounds on my way down to 200 pounds. And you can get on board too with the Season to Believe Friends and Family event. Join now, save 40% off your plan. First visit also is free. 
855 go L I V E A or you go to L I V E A that is livia.com 855 go L I V E A livia.com your first visit is free and again save 40% off your plan give them a call go to the site tell them score north and judd sent you because you can get skinny too if i can do it you can all right gentlemen Here's why Sunday excited me the most. And here's why I think it comes closer to getting Zimmer fired. Rand, <laughs> Randy, Randy, you just talked about it. And Declan oh. did a little bit too. What we got on Sunday was an appetizer of offense. Okay. An appetizer. Like we're talking about the simplest possible things, right, guys? We're talking about like get Jefferson the ball, do this, empower your quarterback. Like we're talking about the most fundamental things that should have taken place in week one, but it took till game nine. Think about think about this. Think about if you had an offensive, and I'm talking, I'm talking a good one, but an offensive-minded coach who said to himself, hold on a second here. You're telling me, you're like, let's slow this down, gentlemen. You're telling me I got a quarterback who can make throws because he can make throws. I've got Justin bleeping Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne. And, and here, so here's the fault in Sunday. And I've seen this for weeks now. And this is the type of thing that this coaching staff can't do that will take place. Tyler Conklin, who I like. I mean, he's a nice, I think he works his ass off. I think he's a nice player. But Randy, the the reality of the situation is this. Tyler Conklin is being used by Kirk in the Irv Smith role. They didn't adjust. Yep. But but they didn't, but but as soon as you see what Osborne can bring and Irv Smith yeah. gets hurt. What do you say to yourself? We're gonna go back to let's go back to ye old drawing board and let's take some of those plays that went to Irv and let's get them and let's incorporate the receiver spot and let's get those to KJ Osborne. That doesn't mean that Conklin can't play a key role, but what I'm saying is uh, Kirk is forcing balls to Conklin that were supposed to go to Irv, who by the way is gifted too. They can't process that. They can't do that. So I think what we got on Sunday was just so, just a, a, a sneak preview uh, film of what this team can be offensively if you get somebody who's really knowledgeable and dedicated to the craft of offense, which in 2021 you should have. It's almost like I feel that with this coaching staff, it's not about winning. It's it's about winning their way, fitting even if necessary square pegs into round holes. Really and you're right. The biggest return on investment between – KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin, as far as targets are concerned, it's going to be KJ Osborne, but it doesn't surprise me. That's why I'm not all in and say, Oh my God, if they win on Sunday and if these teams lose, then they're going to be the seventh seed and everything. And that very well could happen because my expectations are just higher than that. This team is capable of so much more than being four and five. This team right now, I had this team going 10 and 7, Judd. I think you had the same as well. Declan, I don't know what you had, but this team is capable of doing so much more than what they have to where even if you lose a guy like Irv Smith Jr., it's still possible to make it rain on offense with Jefferson, with Thielen, with KJ Osborne, with Conklin as the four receiver. That is, unless you want to have, I mean, CJ Ham fit that role because clearly they want to go to him. But whatever it takes to get the win, I'm okay with it. But here's here's what I will say. I have to be fair. I want Zim fired. That is my position. I've made it very clear the last three years. I can't wait for this dude to be gone. But I also have to be fair. What happened on Sunday, that was, for the most part, a very good coaching job. I have to give him the opportunity to have an epiphany with himself to say, man, this feels pretty good. This is this is awesome. Maybe, okay, our defense, they're not as great as I thought that they would be with all the investments that they made this offseason. But that's okay because this off this offense that we have in the terms of Brad Childress, it's a kick-ass offense, and that's what we're going to do to win games. So I'm going to give him the opportunity 
to showcase that on Sunday. Now, if you go back to what you've been doing to lead up to three and five in the first place before you became four and five, it's definitely a lot better than three and six. If you get fat and happy and you go back to what you were doing in the first place, then all right, hey, I'm going to let it rain. I'm going to go off. But I got to be fair and I got to give this dude a chance. Yeah, Randy, I think that that's what my biggest takeaway from the win against the Chargers was it looked like, and I will get burned by this. I have no problem being teased by it, but it looked like Mike Zimmer was adapting for the first time all season and maybe in, a, in yeah. his career, right? Like you were without Michael Pierce, you were without Anthony Barr, you were without Daniel Hunter, you were without Harrison Smith. Like your defense was basically gashed. You had to, you had to basically roll out a 2020-esque defense that you had last season. And that kind of performance with your defense still, shut down Justin Herbert. I think a little bit of Brandon Staley, for whatever reason, putting a terrible game plan together for his quarterback, Justin Herbert. Regardless, you still held the Chargers to 20 minutes of offense, under 300 yards. You, you did your damn job there. But then on offense, he was able to take shots on third down. He wasn't running on second and long all the damn time. It looked like, oh, dude, you've realized your mistakes. You've played nine games. You've, you've lost five of them here. Where do you want to go? Like, do you know your job's on the line? And I know he knows that deep down. I know he knows going into this season and at this moment right now that his ass is on the line. But it looked like Eureka moment. Oh, my God, are you actually going to adapt? Are you going to be that veteran coach like Andy Reid or even like a John Harbaugh that said, all right, what we did before seven, eight years ago was successful, but that ain't it right now. How do I adapt and how do I change? It looked like on Sunday that Mike Zimmer finally said, oh, this is how I can change. Now, will he do it against the Packers? We'll certainly see. I still think he was told offensively what to, what to do. Something happened in that building. I'm convinced. Now, defensively, I'm with Dex completely. And, and it's it's ironic that stripping away some of the guys that he considers to be his favorite and best players actually forced him to game plan more and, and yeah. helped. <laughs> be, because that's what shut because because like he did come that's up a with a point. that the 2020 talent on defense was so horse bleep like we don't understand they 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 went overboard to correct it again what type of idiot starts shamar stefan shamar stefan was awful those who who on who in their right mind takes two rookie corners and says i'll make this work like that is idiotic now i could take two safeties and make them work but two corners you're so they then went in the opposite direction they lost those guys i contend the defensive components now are they might not be great but they're okay and mike came up with a good game plan uh so i give him a ton of credit like dex just said on defense i do not think he is adapting offensively i think he was told what to do i think that there was some type of blow up i I mean there were players after you know the two defeats who were livid and they should have been i'm sure jefferson's people told the vikings what are you doing like stop being stupid which is why i think mike in the presser said i told him i needed some things too shut up face maybe saving face exactly and that's what mike likes and and mike and a lot of coaches enjoy that but that's why Randy, I think that what you said before is the scariest thing, which is because this this is a football-y football thing, and it would be a Zim thing too, for Mike to say, we're going back to Vikings football. Like, like that wasn't really Vikings. And that's where and that's that where Mike – And that sounds stupid. Like, why would you do that? But that's a football thing. And so that is what I am concerned about the most is that offensively he's going to say, you know, a heaping helping of more Dalvin is what I want to see. So let's, let's see. Uh, But I am, I give him very little to no credit offensively defensively. I thought that his game plan was damn good. I do. I do think that he did a really good job there. I also think that we can now all say, the savings of Harrison Smith is cut in in post June first are so oh, great man. that you and I wrote about been this. Waiting to, for this, I got pushback immediately. Of course, you can't. What are you talking about? You got you. It's going to be Bynum and Smith. I said, go to over the cap, pull down the June first, the post June first cut tab. You save so much for a guy who has made. Let me count them for you: zero splash plays, zero splash plays. 
And I know Bynum's played in only two games, but you know how many splash plays he's made? Two. Um, so so the one thing is you gotta tell Zim, although I don't think he's back, but tell Zim at your next stop, we are gonna give you number twenty-two because you and Smith can go to wherever you're gonna go to. Yeah, well, to your point, going back to the Shamar Stefan thing, you want to know who's going to praise him no matter what? It's Andre Patterson. Going back, I want to oh. say it was a year or two ago where he, I'm paraphrasing here, but he literally said the reason why Eric Kendricks is a pro bowler is because of guys like Shamar Stefan. He, he frees up lanes for Eric Kendricks to make plays. I'm just, you are insulting the intelligence of this fan base. But you made a very good point as far as saying the guys that Zimmer likes so much because they're out, it forced him to game plan. Eric Hendricks, he's still there, but Cam Bynum, I, I, I still, I'm going to give you a little pushback on Harrison Smith. Okay. I think because of the position that he plays and because of the style of football that he plays, he's not, he's not playing like a guy like, Goodness, what was that guy with the Cowboys, that safety, that hard-hitting safety years ago? I can't remember his name. But anyway, he's not a safety that's out there trying to lay the wood all the time. Right. I think because of the position and the style of football that he plays, I would chalk it up to an off year. I think he could still play at an elite level. At the same time, if you can save some money letting him go post-June 1st, I'm all for it because Cam Bynum, there's something there, clearly. He's intelligent. Clearly, you can build him up for the future. Now, the one thing I will say is Zimmer and his the way he goes about treating rookie players or young players, he seems to favor the veteran guys. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to drop Cam Dantzler down the depth chart quick enough, especially once he signed Bashad Breeland. So I will say on that front, I think Cam Bynum has a lot to offer. We'll see what happens with Hitman. But, man, it does force him to adjust with the game plan defensively, and the defense can still make plays. They held the defense. They held the Chargers' offense to 20 points. Justin Herbert, he's a damn good quarterback. And I want to say it was that final possession in the first half in that opening possession for the Chargers in the first half to where they finally they actually made some noise. Outside of that, the defense – they held the Chargers in check. So I, I think I will say this about Zimmer. I got to be fair. I want him gone, but I have to be fair. I'm going to give him a chance this upcoming Sunday against Green Bay. But what I will say is when he gets rid of his pride, when he lets go of the favoritism of guys like Anthony Barr or, I mean, goodness, even if we're talking about for you, for your example, Harrison Smith, and by association, Shamar Stefan, who's no longer with the team, when he lets go of his pride, he's not a bad defensive coordinator or defensive coach. And to the point of being a head coach, I don't think, listen, we talked about this last week, oh, cancel culture, whoever said that can kick rocks. I don't think Mike Zimmer should never have a job again. I think Mike Zimmer, if he were to go to a new team and be, the new kid on the block and we're going to whip these players into shape and like the Jacksonville Jaguars or some team that's so used to losing all the time, even the Detroit Lions. I think the shot value with Mike Zimmer could turn that team over the top for the short term. The long term is that, you know what, when the pride gets in the way, that's when things get cloudy and that's when this team becomes sub 500, sub 500 or just above a 500 team. We'll see what they do on Sunday, but he had he has the tools to be a good coach. Mm-hmm. He lets his pride get in the way. Mm-hmm. Randy, what do you expect that Mike Zimmer can do against Aaron Rodgers? Because there's been times, there's been times that Mike Zimmer has honestly held Aaron Rodgers in check. There has been times, and there's been times where Aaron Rodgers has lit him the bleep up. Um, it's been kind of feast or famine with him. Over Rodgers' tenure, I mean, he has carved up the Vikings because he's also faced some pretty bad Vikings defenses. Uh, over the course of Rodgers' Hall of Fame career. 
What do you expect? What kind of riders do you think will get on Sunday? Because against Seahawks, he wasn't really it. You know, it, it, it was rusty, and, and he's still obviously coming back from missing some time. What kind of riders are you going to expect against Sunday? Are you going to see him with that fire in his ass that's just going to come out and wants to light up Zim? Or can Zim cook up another similar storm that he did against Justin Herbert and try to put a clamps down on him? Well, when they were, I'm assuming they're still leading or one of the top teams in sacks defensively, but that was when you had Daniil Hunter on the roster. He's no longer on the roster for the season. Everson Griffin, you'll get what you can from him. I, I don't think the pass rush is going to be the same. I would expect Rodgers to have a bit of time. Now, as far as, man, I just brought up this stat right now because you brought up what can the Vikings do against the Packers. I know you mentioned Rodgers, but specifically against the Packers. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings right now are 28th against the run, 30, 32-1, 30-29, yeah, 28th against the run. They are giving up an average of 130.6 yards per game. Now, Aaron Jones, he's not going to play. He's not going to play next Sunday. Their running back, Dylan, uh, he's pretty strong, bulky he's running back. Mm-hmm. He's going to break some tackles here and there. Eric Kendricks, there's going to be a – there's going to be a requirement of a great game from him. I have no doubt that's going to happen. If Anthony Barr can play, the same is expected of him. Ever since Matt LaFleur got to Green Bay, they've really focused on the run game to where, dare I say, it's crazy. I, I talked about this with Tom Grossi. He's the, uh, I think he's the number one Packers YouTuber. And I talked about this with him last year. And I said, man, those outlet passes they do to their running backs, it's it basically sets up the pass. When you watch a Green yes. Bay Packers game, ever since Matt LaFleur got there, the way that they utilize their running backs, it gets to the point to where, oh, my God, they also have Aaron Rodgers. It's crazy. They emphasize the run game. They emphasize the outlet passes to the running backs. That's going to be the thing to where it's, man, if you give up these chunks of yards here and there, it's one of those things where it just beats you up defensively over the course of a four-quarter game. I think if they can stop the run game of the Packers, even with Aaron Jones out, Dylan is pretty good. If you can at least somewhat stop that, now they're 28th against the run, I don't think that's going to happen. Even at home, that's going to be the challenge. Because then you also have Devontae Adams that you got to worry about. Now, Patrick Peterson, I'm guessing that he's coming back. He posted that video without saying much of anything, just the graphics. And, ah! and it, was I very, it was very WWE. It was very wrestling of him. It was. It felt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's going to, and people made fun of me when I, when the Vikings signed Patrick Peterson, I got on YouTube and I wore my shoulder pads. People say, well, why don't you give your son his shoulder pads back? I got it from Walmart. They're definitely youth shoulder pads. But I said, oh, my God, this is going to be a guy that can guard Devontae Adams twice a year. People made fun of me for that because, oh, my God, Patrick Peterson, he's washed. He's been the best cornerback for this team by far. You need him against a guy like Devontae Adams. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's – there's just so many things, so many elements with this team outside of Aaron Rodgers. Their defense is even getting better to where I, I just – you have to play. If you're Mike Zimmer, you have to play like you did on Sunday to give yourself a fair shot because if you play the eight games leading up to that, you're going to lose this game easily. If, if Pat P does not play and it's Breland and Dantzler – I'm going to tell you guys both right now, the Vikings are going to need to have some surly furious on the the sideline because, because my God, if Rashad Breland, who the last time I checked like last night is fighting with people on Twitter, Rashad, stop that. Um, Yes. Surly furious IPA. It is the best IPA going surly brewing. All the products are outstanding, but the furious, especially near and dear to my heart. And I'd be happy to supply the Vikings and Zim with a ton of it. If it's Breland and Dantzler on Sunday. Um, but I mean, Bashad Breland, first of all, scares me here, but here's the thing. Okay. So here's where we get to the moment of truth. I think in this game, especially if Pat P can't play. Can Mike 
Zimmer say to himself something that he's probably never said before, which is, okay, it's Packer week. It's a huge game. Like this isn't because this team has a very good chance at the seventh seed because I keep saying this, the seventh seed is not going to be a good team. So you can get into the playoffs without it being a miracle. But can Mike Zimmer say, all right, we got some trouble here. Defensively, we can't be absolutely annihilated, but we're giving up points. Like it's going to, it's going to happen. I need Kirk and my offense to basically be able to engage in a shootout. Because that's that's the question. Because if it's Breland and Dantzler, and, and you're not going so, – so Herbert looked at times genuinely confused, which yeah. he's young. He probably was. Um, Rodgers is not going to be confused. This is now his second game back. It's indoors. It's not cold. Um, so I think that there might be a come-to-Jesus moment for Mike – where he has to get this through his head. You're going to have to trust Kirk, Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, Cook, and you might have to win 42 to 35. You're going to have to win. Can you do that? Can you do that? Well, David Bottiari, he didn't play last week. Right now he's questionable. And what I will say, if he does play, especially Daniil Hunter, he's out for the year. That's going to be really tough for the edge rushers but also the discipline factor. Yes. Aaron Rodgers, I don't – I played band in elementary and junior high school. I study sound. I understand sound. Aaron Rodgers with that hard count, man, I, I, I can't explain – I actually can explain it. What I can't explain is how players continuously fall for it because when he's going for the hard count, meaning he's not going to actually snap the ball – his voice crescendos, green 19, green 19. But when he actually snaps the ball, it goes down. Green 19, green 19. And that's when he's going to snap the ball. But when you have a guy like Everson Griffin, who has a tendency oh to throw a little bit, you know, like kids playing double dutch in recess in grade school, <laughs> that's going to be a problem. It's little stuff like that that's going to make the difference. So Batiari, if he plays, that's a help for Green Bay. But also, man, Aaron Rodgers, not only is he a master at the hard count, if you do jump off sides, he's not going to be like the majority of these quarterbacks that say, okay, all right, we'll just throw the ball or we'll just take the flag, whatever. He's going for the deep ball. Devontae. So to your point, as far as if Pat P does not play P2 and Dantzler and, my goodness, Bashad Breeland, who conveniently decides to fight on Twitter after he – has a good game or after the Vikings win a game, when you get dusted, you have nothing to say. But if they're caught on their heads with a swivel, or if their heads are caught on a swivel, my goodness, on those plays where Aaron Rodgers is doing the hard count, that's, I mean, that's a free play. That That's going to be either a big play or a pass interference call to which they're going to take the bigger penalty every single time. Mm-hmm. You have to be disciplined going up against this dude. Justin Herbert is one thing. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's mm-hmm. different. That's super different. We'll see mm-hmm. what Mike Zimmer does. That's why I'm not going to crucify him. They won. He deserves to have this break. I'm not going to give him this heat. But boy, listen, do it against Green Bay. Don't just sort of come to my side a bit, though. Like, like we, we got a morsel on Sunday. A morsel of what could could be. Can you imagine if if you got a young offensive mind, or I don't care, if you got an offensive mind who like looked at all like this is like Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas. You're looking at all the toys, the Jefferson okay. toy and the Thielen toy and the Cook toy, and because that's the thing is, and imagine this. Imagine imagine a world in which Harrison Smith gets cut. Okay, you saved a ton. Imagine a world Anthony Barr's now gone. He saved some more. Uh-huh, and now you're considering it. Michael Pierce. You know, Michael Pierce really hasn't worked out so far. And you invest that in offensive line help and offense. And you're like, we're going to be good defensively. But you know what we're really going to be, Randy? Great offensively. Think about that. We just saw a morsel. We got a sampling. And how much fun was that to watch? It like, was just, so fun. just as far as a football fan, yeah. you, you know, take away your uh, Vikings fandom and just i'm talking football fan jefferson playing like that and cousins being asked to make throws that he can make and by the way i give him credit for that right 
Like how much fun was that to watch? And that was just like a like a small sliver of what could be. That's why I was that that's why one, I, I was excited by what I saw. And two, and I told Phil and Dex this too. The best part is the happiest guy on the plane ride home was probably Justin Jefferson. And he should have been. Because like that is the future. That's his future. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. And if you get a different coach in, it will be. Think about that. Brian Dayball, Eric Bieniemy, Lincoln Riley, you would see what we saw on Sunday on a routine basis. That's that's why I've been so jaded. That's why I've been just yeah. – I don't even give a damn because it's just the potential of this team is right there. This team right now, if they were coached to their potential – would easily be a top three seed in the NFC right now. They could be, what are they, four and five right now? They could be seven and two. They could be six and three. They would be chilling. But because of their style, we want to focus on defense and run the ball. But once in a while, I guess when the pressure's on, we'll open up the passing game. Okay, all right, we'll open it up a little bit. But listen, man, if you can beat Green Bay, then I will listen. We can talk about it. Like Jim Lou's Brady, uh, Jim Lou's Brady one says right there. We can talk about it after that, but I, I just I've been so jaded with this team. I've seen this so many times over the course of three years. Yep. This team, they're capable at any time of busting off an impressive win, and then what happens is to the untrained eye, you oh my god, the Vikings are back! I figured it out. And then, what are you doing? Why didn't you do what you did last week? Oh, you lost. Okay. Well, all right. We're four and six now. It's just, we'll see what happens on Sunday. I'm just uh, cautiously optimistic. I want a world for, for fans of this team. I want a world where the little Dexes, Randys, can have posters on their bedroom walls again. <laughs> oh, that time is gone. No, here, here's why. Do you know what kids don't do? Kids don't say, I got to go get a Daniil Hunter poster. Like, I, God bless him. He's a great player. But yeah. kids don't say, Mom and Dad, I'm really excited. Can I get a? Can I get an Anthony Barr poster? Do you know what kids do say? Mom and Dad, can I get a Justin Jefferson poster? Yeah. That's what kids say. And I want a world, again, where the Vikings are coached by some by, by a staff. It's not just one guy. The entire staff where the emphasis is put where it should be. You know, it wasn't a, I got to get an Ed McDaniel poster. It it wasn't Johnny Randall. And I love those guys. Those guys were really key players. They were great players. But it was all what? 3D, Randy Moss. That's what I want to return to because there's no reason why this franchise shouldn't. There is no reason why. And there, you know, there probably was a time where defense first, was fine. I you know, I personally enjoy a solid defensive game. But we have now entered an era where where if you aren't featuring the players that the Vikings finally featured on Sunday, you're probably doing it wrong. So that's my two cents. Too many things have to go right to be a defense first team. Xavier Rhodes, after 2017, he was never the same. They brought him back in 2018, and I said, after that 2018 season, I said, all right, this dude, he's just not what he used to be. But because that shutdown corner is gone, it affects a large portion of your defense. You got a glimpse on Sunday of what this team is capable of. Now, I know Mike Zimmer, he has a pride. I want to be a defense-first guy, but, man, you're going to get the credit no matter what. All it – the only thing that matters, the bottom line, is W's and L's. That's the stat that ultimately matters in any professional sport. And what you did on Sunday, you're capable of doing all the time. That's wild. Give your quarterback the freedom. Allow your offense to be great. You can still coach up your defense. There's nothing wrong with that. But unnecessarily putting your defense in positions to Stop the ball when your offense could have driven the ball even further. It's just counterintuitive. This this team, man, I everything we've seen from the Chiefs, not this year, but the previous two or three years from the 2018 Rams, think of every 
great offense that you've seen the Vikings right now, even with Stefan Diggs, they could be that. They could have been that. They could be that right now. They are, they're four and five because they made it so difficult upon themselves for no reason. If they open it up and realize who they are as a team, saying we could blow the top off of every defense with these receivers that we have, even with KJ Osborne. He came out of nowhere. We lost Irv Smith Jr. My goodness, that was supposed to be that was supposed to hurt this offense, and it does. But KJ Osborne, he's blossomed. You could blow the top off of every defense that we play. You should be scoring like 28 points a game. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. You you have Dex's guy, Kane Nuwongu, on your bench, okay? Yeah. This is a guy if the Chiefs do you think the Chiefs would be like special teams only? You can't play in our. This guy has he he literally uh, when when he turns the corner does not slow down. Like most guys have to slow down. Dalvin slows down. Most guys have to plant and turn. He's the and I saw this in training camp. He effortlessly turns the corner, and his ankles never his feet don't stop. Like there's no cut. His cut is is so fluid it's so special and i mean they trust him enough in back-to-back weeks to do fake punts but he can't get into an offensive package like are you telling me he can't participate uh why why wouldn't you use him do you know the nightmare at least for the first let's say two times or three times the nightmare guys that he would present one you haven't seen it before two if you get creative at all this kid is so explosive. I'm telling you, it would be it would be a huge gain. And they don't even use him. And that's the type of stuff where where it's like, are you a National Football League team in 2021, or or am, am I still 13? And are are we in 1983 or four? Because when you have a guy like that, and like the Chiefs are giving you blueprints constantly, like just go watch some Chiefs film. It's not that hard. Just go watch them and say, okay, let's let's do that with this guy. Um. So it's not like, oh, my God, we're revolutionizing the game of football. That's been done. But anyway, so that's the type of thing that just really frustrates me because, again, if nothing else, as a football fan, how much fun would that be to see? The footwork is like Kyler Murray, but I'll tell you exactly why he doesn't get many touches on offense. It's because of the the pattern of favoritism with their players in the depth chart. So Alexander Madison, he's the RB2. We can't take away touches from him. We saw it even with when it's clear that players, and I'm not saying Madison is in this category, but when players clearly just don't work out, Matt Khalil or Garrett Bradbury, he's been activated. My God, activated to what? To, to, to start again? Yeah, right. Mason Cole should be starting. I don't even believe in Mason Cole long-term, but my God, <laughs> he's been better than anything we've ever seen from Garrett Bradbury. I agree completely. Right? But guess what? Because all oh, these players, they've been there. They understand the system. They've been our starters for this long. That's why we're going to have these players play ahead of XYZ. Declan, you brought this up. Jerry's right. When yeah. they drafted Laquan Treadwell, that was the end of Jerry's right. Yep. I said, man, Jerry's right. This dude can play. Play this dude. But he's our first-round pick. You don't understand. Out of Ole Miss. Are you kidding me? We have to play this guy. Now, Alexander Madison is different because I he is a solid player. Yeah. But Kanean Wangu is different. Yes. Just like Mason Cole is not going to start this upcoming Sunday now that Garrett Bradbury's oh, I'll please. believe it when I see it. Don't tell me he's not going to start. He's you not can't start. put Garrett Bradbury not, back in. He's not going to start. Garrett Bradbury is going to start. And just like that, Kanan Wangu, he's not going to see touches because of Alexander Madison, even though it's different because Alexander Madison can play opposed to Garrett Bradbury. It's just that Kanan Wangu, he has a different element to it. This is why I was so, and I'm, I'm glad Phil isn't here. This is why I'm so anti-Chad BB because it was for four GD years, I just heard, wait for Chad Beebe. Wait for it. He works hard in training camp. Your best ability is your availability, bro. And you're hurt every (laughs) damn year. I don't care who your dad was. I don't care about your last name. You're hurt every damn season. I want someone else to step up. Eureka. He gets hurt again. 
here comes KJ Osborne. Okay, like I, I, I hate the fallback and just the classic mode of that. That's yeah. why I had my V for Vendetta against Chad Beebe. But Osborne was so, so or or um or Wright was so solid. Like how how did yeah. they not like that guy ran good routes? Now, now I think KJ Osborne's a better player, like a better like he he's got in my opinion more talent. But Jarius Wright ran solid routes and was really a reliable player. And they just like were like we're not going to play him anymore. And I was like, what? But he's your type of player. He's a perfect player for you. And and as far as um. As far as the potential for Kane, I'm not even saying that he should be used as a running back. I'm saying that he should be used in like a package of plays where he just causes havoc. Like it should make no sense. All right, sir, we are done. Uh, plug plug your channel and uh, tell folks all the good stuff that you do aside from the Tuesday night appearance on the show. Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube. Just search Realistic Randy on Twitter at realistic underscore Randy. I'm not on social media much, but when game days are happening, I post my thoughts Um, every once in a while. I'll plug the videos that I do, but yeah, for the most part, YouTube, that's where you can primarily find me. I do Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, three times a week where I talk about Vikings. Next video will be tomorrow. Just search realistic Randy. You'll find me. Awesome stuff for sure. Thank you. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday after the Vikings and uh, Packers. And of course, we'll be back with Purple Daily tomorrow with Mackie in tow. Talk to you later.